0: Afternoon everyone and welcome to Looking Up this is Sharissa, and today I'm joined by my husband, Justin. Hello, good to be back. <laughs> We're missing uh, Pastor Danny. He's away on a vacation still. It's
1: irreplaceable, but he'll be back next week.
0: That's right, and he'll be back, and I'm sure he'll have a lot of stories to tell. I did receive a text last week saying he was snorkeling somewhere, so wow. <laughs> he's having a good time wherever he is. Um, if you are joining us, and this is your first time, this is the Looking Up show, and we just want to remind you of a couple of things. One of those is that you can call or text... Text us um, during this program. It's a live program on our studio number, which is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. So if you have anything that you'd like to share with us, a comment, a prayer request, uh, whatever, you can do so. And also, at some point in the program, we're going to be sharing with you today's free prize offer that is being offered to the first and third caller or texterer who calls us or texts us with their, with their code word. Which, what about
1: the second caller?
0: Well, the second one... Is very special. And <laughs> just keep calling. If you're the second one, call again. You'll be the number three. Um, so, yes, we we're really excited about this. And today is actually an exciting um, time that we're going to have today. We're going to be studying the Bible in just a moment. We'll be talking about the news. But after that, we'll be studying the Bible. What's our topic today, Justin?
1: It's actually... Revelation's Great Revolution, Part 2. So okay. Last Wednesday, if you heard, uh, you'll remember that we did Part 1, and uh, we took a look at Revelation 11, and we'll do a little recap of that once we get to our study time, and uh, then we'll jump into Part 2 and wrap it up with the most exciting revolution that will ever take place on planet Earth in human history. And it's talked about in Bible prophecy.
0: Yes, and that really was an amazing study together. I really enjoyed the history. And if you missed it and you're like, I'm curious to know what they talked about, you can actually go to our website on Faith FM and you can actually listen to the past episode on our podcasts. All of our programs are uploaded there in the podcast section. So Justin, what are you thankful for today?
1: What am I thankful for? You know, I'm (laughs) thankful for the sun shining outside. I pulled up and parked here at the office and um, was working on something on my computer for about half an hour before my um, appointment that was to follow. Uh I looked out my window and in the grass was a beautiful, one of my favorite birds. You probably remember what they are.
0: Uh, Yes. What is it an
1: <laughs> um, eastern? Oh, eastern
0: rosella. Yeah,
1: there you go. Eastern rosella, my absolute favorite bird. It is beautiful. We're only
0: married, folks.
1: <laughs> I should
0: know these things.
1: So yes, it oh, was. It was beautiful, and um, just really love the sunshine, the beautiful birds. We're so blessed uh, to live in a country with so much natural beauty, as Pastor Danny is seeing right now as he's snorkeling. But. Um, That is what I'm thankful for.
0: Me too. And you know what? In just a few moments, we'll hear this song, Mercy Said No, by Cece Winans, and be back with so much more.
2: I was just a child when I felt the Savior leading. I was strong to what I could not understand. But for the cause of Christ, I have spent my days believing that what He'd have me be is who I am. As I've come to see the weaker side of me. His grace is what I'll need When sin demanded justice for my soul Mercy said no Tried to steal my heart away Thank you Jesus Mercy said no God so loved the world That he sent his son to save us From the cross he built a bridge To set us free Oh, but deep within our hearts There is still a war that rages And makes a sacrifice so hard to see
0: Oh, that was such a beautiful song. And uh, if you could only have heard it, Justin was singing along with it here in the studio. <laughs> it's a good thing you couldn't hear it. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Well, you know, this is um, the time of our program, in our Looking Up um, program. Welcome, if you're just joining us now. We love to talk about the coming of Jesus, because we love Him, and we long to see Him. And as we look around us in the world today, we see signs all around us telling us that His coming is so soon. Justin, what, what have you seen that uh, reminds you that the coming of Jesus is getting nearer and nearer? Every well, you
1: know, one of the signs of the times of the nearness of Jesus' return... Uh, the Bible tells us Jesus himself told us when he walked this earth, Matthew 24, one of them is pestilences or strange diseases. And COVID obviously is ravaging the world. Recently, the Olympics chief does, said that he does not rule out canceling the Olympic Games. And interestingly enough, amazingly, a study recently says that two-third of Indians in the country of India are exposed to COVID. Two-thirds. Two-thirds. And the country, I think, has 1.2 billion, is it?
0: Wow. That's a lot of I'll people. I'll have to
1: double-check that population. But yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, we it's, could Google it's, that. It's a billion. So, but, yeah, mm, shocking. And so, yeah. these things, um, this is one of the many things that reminds us and points us to the fact that Jesus' coming is near.
0: That's right. In Matthew 24, Jesus listed amongst a number of signs that <laughs> pestilences would be uh, on the increase before he comes again as a sign of the times. And certainly... COVID's a big pestilence right now. Um, Even here in Australia, just looking at the latest updates from New South Wales, 110 locally acquired cases today. You probably all heard this all day coming to you through the news. 43 of those infectious while out in the community. Those are big numbers um, Mm. today. And, yeah, not far from where the studio is, I think there was a case found, but it was like it's controlled and contained, so it's not uh, a problem. But still, it's coming close to home and, uh, yeah, just – interesting times (laughs) Mm,
1: definitely well that's that's some bad news but there are some things that are good news that's true things that are you know positive and happy news in the world but we might have had another bad one before we jump to the good news right
0: well uh, no I think I've only got you've got a bad one
1: no, no, okay. only well, good left. I've
0: got a good one. I've got a good news, a personal news. Okay. That uh, my I husband. I don't think I
1: know about this.
0: My husband, that's you, my husband made a COVID killer. Well, it's not really a COVID killer, but he made a concoction that, in my opinion, would kill anything. And uh, it is a homemade natural remedy of what did you put in it?
1: Yes, it is um, a half a kilo of fresh garlic, a half a kilo of fresh horseradish, a kilo and a half of white onions a quarter kilo of ginger, fresh ginger, and a half a kilo of habanero, the ho- second hottest pepper in the world. And all,
0: all of this that he just described is currently sitting in a pot on our stove.
1: Yes, blended with a liquid so that it's all like, you know, sludge, and you, you get some of the liquid and drop it onto the back of your throat. You gargle it, and, and it, it will kill anything it that is burns there. burns
0: your whole <laughs> throat and it burns everything even your teeth can be burnt (laughs) No, but I actually think it's a good thing (laughs) it's been working for me so yeah anyhow just sharing that natural um, thing but uh, what else is in good news that we can uh, point us to the coming of Jesus something
1: interesting that happened recently praise God in Nigeria there was in West Nigeria the northwestern part of Nigeria there were a hundred women and children mostly mothers and nursing infants who were seized by bandits that was on June 1, that they were abducted in the Zamfara state. Uh-huh. And we just received news that they have been rescued. So, wow. praise God. That is fantastic story. news. How many? A hundred. One hundred.
0: Wow. That is a good story. You know, that that reminds me of Jesus. Um, mm. Like, we're the abducted planet. <laughs> Very true. We're the abducted planet. An enemy has come in and, and uh, let... Virus, the virus of sin, loose in our planet, but Jesus, holding us
1: hostage. To yes, sin, yeah.
0: but Jesus is coming very soon, and He says in John fourteen one to three, "Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house and many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also." Mm. We will be released.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Amen. And that is fantastic news. Something else interesting, just by the way on this, Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world, founder of Amazon.com, went into space. And along with him, one of the people that went was the oldest man to ever go into space. 82 years old. His name is Wally Funk. Wow. And Wally Funk went into space with Jeff Bezos and Jeff Bezos' brother and whoever else they went up with.
0: Wow, that's actually very interesting. Mm. I love outer space. So when did this happen?
1: This happened on, let's see, that is a good question. I will have to research this and get back to you because I am not seeing it here in the news story. The news story just popped up 13 hours ago. So I think it was in the last few days, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
0: That's pretty exciting. Can you imagine that? I wonder if when they got out there, if it looked flat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm not saying any, anyway, that was a joke. Um, anyway, but wow, what a wonderful, uh, what a wonderful trip that would be. Just Every-
1: so you all know, in case you're worried, Charissa is not a flat earther. Yeah, that's She right. doesn't believe really the earth is flat.
0: No, but you know what? Um, here's so many people in lockdown and there's people going like out of the world.
1: Yeah, true. Out <laughs> like, of the atmosphere. Out of the
0: atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a really good reminder that this world, according to Jesus, is not our final home. And one day, the space trip that uh, people like Jeff pay lots of money for will come to all those who love the Lord. We'll go with him for yes, free. Absolutely. You know, another good news story. How It's kind of good. It's sad, but it's um, sad because someone passed away. But good in the sense that it's an amazing age that this person uh, passed away at, Australia's oldest man. Hmm. Passed away at the age of... Wait, our- wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me guess. Let me guess. <laughs> All right, go. 112. No. More? Less. He's younger. Just. Oh, 111.
0: Yeah, and wow. 100 and something days.
1: Wow, 111 and
0: 120
1: days? 188. Wow, so basically 111 and a half. So I was almost right.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, that, isn't that amazing? He's um, an author, a former grazier, veterinary, veterinary, vet. Anyway, he's a surgeon. Was born in Kilcoy in 1910 and celebrated the milestone wow. of becoming Australia's oldest man just two months ago. Wow! The super centen- centenarian passed away peacefully on Tuesday morning in his aged care facility in Roma in southwest Queensland. Um, She said she would have, the the CEO of the centre said she will miss him after having many years of chatting to him and sharing Mm. his stories. Um. Yeah. Just a. That's a beautiful story.
1: Wow. And, it really um, is.
0: Yeah. He overtakes the previous eldest living man, who was 111 years old and 124 days, wow. and that man was a World War One veteran named Jack Lockett. So yeah. Mm. Um, amazing. Wow. Yeah. Dexter Kruger, 111 years and 188 days.
1: Wow. You know, it's amazing just to think that 100 and Eleven years, one hundred, almost one hundred and twelve years. It sounds like such a long time, oh, yeah. but if you stop and think about it, you know, since God created the world and everything on it in you know six thousand years ago, six thousand years is a lot longer than one hundred and twelve. Mm-hmm. But even six thousand, if you compare it to one hundred trillion, mm. is almost nothing. Mm. And the fact that we, after Jesus airlifts us off planet Earth, after he takes us. To heaven, he recreates the earth. We dwell here for eternity. It's it's not just a hundred trillion. <laughs> it's like beyond a hundred trillion times a hundred trillion. Mm. I mean, our lives are going to be without end. That is going to be incredible.
0: It's hard to imagine, isn't it? Like it, is. it boggles the mind. Where we have everything in our world around us has a beginning, and an ending. But then one day there will be no ending. You have got a good. Squeaky, Squeaky chair, chair yeah. Sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> that's all right. Um, so yeah, that's that's a wonderful story. Well, did you have another story there that you wanted to show us? You know, that's
1: all that I thought that I would okay. share.
0: Well, we need to remind our listeners about the ever continuing the end dot um, digital series and uh, the end of time series it's been happening it started this time last week actually um, began and Lyle Southwell the breakfast show um, host on Faith FM is the main presenter here and he's been presenting on Wednesday night Thursday night Friday night uh, we had a really epic run of presentations last week uh, did you enjoy them Justin? Oh, it
1: was awesome Absolutely. really powerful if you haven't tuned in yet you need to, because they have been really fantastic. And, you know, I have to say, I kind of expected them to be really familiar content and material. But what Lyle, you know, what God's really been putting on Lyle's heart to share has been a refreshingly new angle on Bible truth. Mm. And a take a look at history that, um, frankly, from angles that I've never seen before. And so I've loved it. I think it's yeah, been awesome. Lyle
0: loves history, doesn't he? And he's, yes. he's got so good at telling about the stories. And, good memory, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I've really enjoyed his history and those details that he's been sharing. It just makes the Bible come alive and really helps you to know that we truly are living at the end of time. As this show always reminds us, <laughs> and also that to, it's a time to look up and to look to Jesus. So, if you you have, so you want to add something?
1: Oh, I was just going to say, you know, my favorite, well, one of my favorite parts of, of this series is that people can call in or uh, send their messages online live mm. and have you guys answer their questions, or have Lyle answer their questions. And that has been really cool because people have th- thrown some curveballs, you know, yep. with difficult questions. Uh, But Lyle's answers have been excellent. And so, yeah, if you haven't tuned in yet, check it out. You will love it. It's fast-paced, very quick-moving, and, um, you know, there's interaction too, so you can feel free to send a question their way and try to stump them.
0: (laughs) Yes. I'm glad you reminded everybody that it's live. And actually, our listeners right now, if you just tune in at 8 p.m. tonight, you can join in live. You won't be able to text in a question, unless you're online.
1: Well, you guys do give the phone numbers. So we you do, text but a- you
0: won't get a live answer because that goes to a different platform. But um, you can still listen and, or you can still get online. So how would people view it?
1: Well, there are three ways. You either go to the website that is dot That is a full stop, theend, full stop, digital, mm-hmm. all spelled out. There's no need for .com or .au or anything, just theend, full stop, or Digital, yep. uh, or you can go to Facebook and type in that same exact thing, and it will take you to the Facebook page where you can scroll down and find it live. Or if you don't have Facebook, you just about every smartphone now has YouTube, and so open up your YouTube app or go to YouTube in your browser if you have your computer, and type in the end dot digital, mm-hmm. and you will be able to see the the key to know what tonight's presentation is. Is there will be a little live in the bottom right corner of the square. And it will tell you starts in thirty minutes or sixty minutes or however long it is until they will be going live.
0: Okay, so hopefully everybody can join us at eight p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time tonight.
1: Oh, and if you're hearing this on a replay, yes, don't worry, you can actually watch them. After the fact, so go go on to one of those three platforms and you'll be able to find these presentations after they've already been presented.
0: All right. Well, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to tonight and looking forward to the Bible study we're about to have. Now, I have just received word from our wonderful producer, Shell, that the prize has been found for today's program and it's called The Great Controversy.
1: All right, it's a book. Excellent. So
0: now, maybe you can tell our listeners about the book. We have it. We'll give away the code word as this program continues, so you just have to keep listening so you can be the first or the third person to call in and obtain it. But give us a quick synopsis of why people should want to get this prize.
1: Yes, The Great Controversy follows the path of freedom from, um, from all the way through the Dark Ages to America's current role in world events, and uh, not just America, but basically um, where we're at now in Bible prophecy— and what the rest of, uh, time is going to look like between now and when Jesus comes again, according to Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. So it covers Christianity, um, from the last 2000 years and basically all the way until the time where the battle between good and evil is done and, you know, Satan is destroyed. Beautiful book, excellent resource for history. In fact, last week's study on the French Revolution, um, That we did together, chapter 14 of the Great Controversy does an excellent job going Mm. through the French Revolution and compiling different historical sources. Okay. And so that's an excellent resource for anything Reformation related and the French Revolution included.
0: Well, that's really good to know because I remember we had people calling last week wanting to know what book was he reading from. And so, um, this week, if you're still listening, you can call yeah, in. Yeah, that and was go. one of the resources. That was used, one of them. Yeah. yeah, so we're really looking forward to that. All right. Well, in a few moments, we are going to go to the Chinzio family. And they're going to be bringing to us the beautiful song, The Lord is my shepherd, I want for nothing. And then after that, we will have the news and a few ads, and we'll be back with you for the rest of our program.
2: The Lord is my shepherd Restores my soul with the Lord as my shepherd. I have it all, even though I walk through valleys where my life on earth may cease with his.
0: listening to Heather Clark and that was a beautiful song on what Jesus does for us. You're listening to Looking Up on Faith FM with Justin and Sharissa and we have come almost time for the Bible study segment of our program. Before I do uh, hand over to Justin, I just want to remind you of this Prize offer for the first and third person to contact us in the studio today. The uh, code word that you can text in or call in with will be shared shortly. But the number, in case you want to jot it down to be ready for the time when it is shared, is 0491064669. So, Justin, I'll hand it over to you.
1: All right. Well, would you like to? Pray for us as we launch into our Bible study. Sure,
0: I'd love to. Let's pray. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity that we have to study your word together. And we pray for the Holy Spirit to lead us now as we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. All right. Today is our second and final study of this series. It's a two-part series called Revelation's Great Revolution. And uh, just to recap on last time, for those who weren't with us or for those who were and just have maybe forgotten, we learned last time, we took a look at uh, a revolution that the book of Revelation predicted 1,700 years in advance. It's in Revelation chapter 11, we started in verse 3 and we read to verse 12, and we discovered um, that the chapter mentions two witnesses. That's right. Piecing together all the, you know, different descriptors mm-hmm. that are in verses 3 to 6, we saw that the two witnesses symbolize
0: the Old and New Testaments. That's
1: right. The Bible in the Old and New Testaments. Just one example for further evidence of a link in the chain that you know supports that position is that Jesus in Matthew 24 verse 14 said, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness... Unto all nations, and mm-hmm. then shall the end
0: come. Yeah, true. I think another verse here, um, John five thirty nine. Jesus said, "You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. That's witnesses, right.
1: witnesses testify. Jesus said, the gospel will be preached as a witness, mm-hmm. and so the old and the new testaments are those two witnesses out of Revelation chapter eleven. Well,
0: that's nice and airtight.
1: Yeah. So next, um, verse seven tells us that a beast from the bottomless pit would arise mm. and kill the two witnesses mm-hmm. and their bodies would lay dead in the streets. This beast from the abyss would spiritually be like Sodom and Egypt. And it would be a place where previously in history, like this would happen, um, in a, this nation would be somewhere that previously in history, uh, was a place where God's people were killed and persecuted. Mm. So, Putting that together, sometime shortly before the year 1798, a nation would arise out of chaos, have the perversity of Sodom and the anti-God attitude of Pharaoh in Egypt, and would attack the Bible. Amazing. So, last time we saw together that this power and was...
0: persecute God's people.
1: Exactly. It would persecute God's people. So, this power, as we saw last time, the one, as we look at history... The perfect fit that we find is none other than the French Revolution that began in 1789, ended in 1798.
0: Such fascinating history here. <laughs> it's really amazing to see how the Bible lines up with history like this.
1: It is. It's amazing. And it's really faith inspiring because we can know that the Bible is indeed God's Word. And if you want to, if this is intriguing to you and you haven't heard it, go back and listen to part one that was last Wednesday that you can find on the Faith FM website. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can listen. Let's uh, further piece it together. Did France ever make war on the Bible? And did it, in a sense, did the Old and New Testaments lie dead in the streets of France in some kind of way? Well, actually, yeah. We did. I mean,
0: yeah, we did find that last <laughs> yeah. week. In the date uh,
1: 1793, the year 1793, November 24, the National Assembly officially voted to make all religion illegal, including the Bible and Christianity.
0: Wow. And it's the only country in history that's ever officially done that from a legislative body.
1: As we read last week, this guy shook his fist at heaven and said, God, if you're there, why don't you strike me down? Strike us down now. Mm -hmm, See, mm -hmm. you don't exist. So, yeah, they actually, when that happened, um, there were Bibles that were piled in the streets and Mm burned. And people rejoiced about this. But the prophecy says twice in Revelation chapter 11 that these two witnesses would be resurrected. God would bring them back to life after a three and a half uh, year period. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> three and a half prophetic days, it's literal years uh, there. And interestingly enough, three and a half years later, June of 1797, France's ruling government adopted a resolution rescinding the anti-Bible, anti-Christianity decrees, thus granting toleration to the scriptures. Wow. So three and a half years later, right on time. Just like the Bible said. Exactly. And the people actually, you know, said, well, banning the Bible and banning Christianity has not actually helped us. It's made things even worse in France. Mm. And any time a nation abandons the principles of of God's word because right. they're principles of order and of of, you know, of oh, love and of goodness, yes. well, we can expect difficulty and disaster. Oh, so true. And so fascinating that that three-and-a-half-year period happened. What happened after that? Well, the Bible said that this the two witnesses would be resurrected and taken to heaven in a, a cloud. And um, we look at history, and we find that there were Bible societies formed in the years following the French Revolution, and some even during the French Revolution. And the Bible uh, received more publication than had ever before taken place. The British Bible Society, the American Bible Society, with literally millions of Bibles being printed. In fact, some countries were sent Bibles by the shipload, literally, by the shipload, boxes and boxes of Bibles translated into hundreds of languages.
0: And it's just kept being printed ever since, going all over the world, different languages.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so this is uh, what is mentioned here in the prophecy. Well, bringing this uh, recap to a close here, we saw that, Jesus told us in Luke chapter 17 that as it was in the days of Lot who lived in Sodom and went out of Sodom, um, verse 30 of Luke 17 says, "So even so will it be in the days when the Son of Man is revealed. So in other words, just before Jesus returns, the entire world will experience the depravity to some degree, a movement will take place, it will spread around the world that will have the depravity of Sodom. And, um, we can expect this on a worldwide scale, and um is that happening?
0: I think we can see that happening today. Yeah. I'm thinking about some of the things we're seeing like uh well, you brought this up last week, prayer became a crime that's right during the French revolution yep. and think about the laws that have being passed in Victoria so far where you know if somebody um,
1: requests prayer
0: request prayer from the LGBTQ community like it's a sincere request for prayer you mm-hmm. could be put in prison because praying for them. yeah because you yeah. broke the law I mean
1: that's right that's amazing. right uh, what else also we were watching that documentary by the BBC that's available for free on YouTube and and just amazing the things that the historians were saying, we can see happening in society now, especially in the last mm-hmm. two years, year and a half, two years. Um, there was a dismantling of history when the Bastille the this was stormed and actually ripped down brick by brick by brick. So they were trying to erase their history. Mm-hmm. Um, what else was there?
0: Oh, There was a change in the language that took place during the French Revolution. We see that happening even today. Like no. in Congress, you can't re- use gender pronouns, yep. I believe.
1: No mother, father, um, brother, sister. Those oh, that, are those off things, limits not, now. Gen-
0: not gender. Those things. But yeah, yeah, I
1: yeah, or gender yeah, too. That's gender related. Those are uh, gender uh, Sorry. terms. Yeah. <laughs> also, there were influential people in the media, specifically Jean-Paul Marat, who called for people to be cancelled, permanently cancelled by the guillotine. Mm. And so, this was another thing that took place. Uh, Robespierre, the leadership of the revolution, implemented censorship. Uh, There was a justification of violence for the sake of creating a new system.
0: Mm -hmm. Marriage and the family were publicly and nationally undermined.
1: Yeah, and last of all, with the National Committee of Public Safety, as it was called, people were eventually willing to give up freedom for the sake of safety.
0: Well, that seems like today too.
1: Yeah, (laughs) fascinating. So. Jesus is coming soon. He told us the world would be like Sodom and the principles that led to the French Revolution, which is described as Sodom in in Revelation 11, would become worldwide. And so we're starting to see this happen as we look around us in the world today. But this is bad news. Our series is called Revelation's Great Revolution. And this wasn't a great one. This was a terrible one. So (laughs) the Bible also talks about, in the book of Revelation, a revolution that will be the best and most incredible revolution ever to take place on planet Earth because God is the one who will lead the way in this revolution. And so I'm excited to be studying about The great revolution. I want to be part of it.
0: I want to know how I can be part of it. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's dive right in. And uh, we'll take a break to uh, listen to a song in a few moments, in a little while. But um, let's dive right into our Bibles in the book of Acts.
2: All right. Book of
1: Acts. We find Jesus saying farewell to his disciples. And there they were in the book of Acts. And Sharissa, what were the disciples like? Did they always get along well?
0: I wish I could say they did, but right up until Jesus was about to be crucified, they were all bickering over who was going to be the greatest in the presence of the very one who was the greatest. That
1: is right. That's exactly right. They just didn't get it. Mm. And even up until he left, after his resurrection, when Jesus appeared to them, they said, Lord, will you now restore the kingdom to Israel? They still thought he might become an earthly king, like Mm -hmm. they pictured. But 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, it was called Pentecost. The Mm -hmm. disciples were in the upper room. They had been praying there for 10 days together. They had put aside their their squabbling. They had actually confessed their faults to each other. They Mm -hmm. had asked for forgiveness from each other. They had washed each other's feet. They had wept over the way that they had treated each other and argued in a petty way. And the Bible tells us that something incredible happened uh, in the book of Revelation, in the book of Acts, there describes it in Acts chapter 2. And, uh, Sharissa, would you please read Acts chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 for us.
0: Sure, the Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and wow. they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance.
1: Wow. So here we see that God poured out the Holy Spirit in a mighty and a powerful way on the New Testament Church. Mm -hmm. And we see that they could miraculously speak in different languages. And this was providential because the gospel needed to go to all the world. And there were people in Jerusalem then for the Feast of Weeks, which was after the Feast of the Passover, uh, the weekend that Jesus had died 50 days before, That needed to be able to take the gospel to their home country. And Mm -hmm. so God broke the language barrier that he put in place at the Tower of Babel back in Genesis 11. And he enabled his disciples to miraculously speak in languages and even dialects that they had never before known or probably even heard. Mm -hmm. And so this was a miracle of the Holy Spirit. You know, we see at the preaching of Peter's sermon, just after this took place in the same, basically the same story, people were saying, oh, they're drunk. And then Peter said, no, it's in the morning. It's early in the morning. They're not drunk. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're not speaking gibberish. They're speaking other languages. And it lists the number of languages um, there in Acts chapter 2. But the Holy Spirit was poured out in a mighty way to begin the Christian movement, the Christian church. And the Bible gives an illustration for this and in, um, in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and it calls it the early rain. Mm, now, Shabbat, sure so what, what are the early and the latter rain?
0: Ah, it's a really good question. You know, in ancient Israel, the yearly harvests actually relied on two rainy seasons to produce their crops. And so the early rain, I believe was, it came in the autumn and it watered the seed and it helped it to germinate. The latter rain came in the springtime, and it ripened the grain ready for harvest. So it's interesting, when the Bible talks about the latter rain, it's referring to, you know, it's borrowing from this harvest agricultural language.
1: Yes, absolutely. Now, um... Did the early disciples recognize this as the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the latter reign? And will there be a repeat, but even in greater power, an outpouring of the Spirit of God at the end of time? It's a good question. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. And Sharissa, if you could read for us Peter's words in verse 17 and verse 18, please.
0: And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my maidserv- men servants and on my maidservants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy.
1: Alright, so this happened. God poured out His Spirit. But notice, Peter quoted Joel, Joel chapter 2, and he said in the latter days, basically at the end of time. Did Peter think it was the end of time? Or did he know that it was going to be some time until Jesus returned? I
0: think he knew it was some time.
1: That's right, he did. Let's go to Joel chapter 2 together and look at verse 23. This is just before... The like a little bit before the verses that Peter quotes. Okay. Listen to this, Joel 3, 23, or two twenty-three. Mm-hmm. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the former rain faithfully, mm-hmm. and He will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. So there we have a passage in the context of what Peter is quoting, mm-hmm. and God is saying here, That uh, the Holy Spirit would be poured out in the early and the latter rain. We're
0: going to come back with more in just a few moments. River of Truth. Enjoy this song.
4: Took in my first drink And I knew I would never be the same For my sickness I had found a cure And one thing I knew for sure It was as pure as the source From which it came and On the river I drank for many years and I wondered how it journeyed here and earnestly set out to know its route. I found that from the mouth of the river down, upon its banks and all around, there was life along this river of truth. From the prophets to the ready scribe, the steady flow of truth grew wide. Blessings from the river mounted high. But in time, its banks they would neglect, its pure precepts they'd reject. Soon they found the river had run dry. What they like the prophets had proclaimed, the source of the river came, and lived his life among them from his youth. The living truth they soon denied nailed him to a cross and pierced his side, but it opened wide a new river Come and drink from the fountain flowing
2: down from heaven's mountain, pure and free
4: When you come to the river it is sure to deliver all you Down through the ages, springing up from the pages, fresh and new. After what it cost to get it here, the trail of blood and the bitter tears, God, I thank you for this river of truth. Water sweet to a bitter cup The enemy dammed the river up For many years darkness filled the skies But a faithful few would chip away Hoping for a brighter day Hearing mournful echoes of the martyr's cries But with William Tyndale's dying breath before he closed his eyes in death, he prayed the Lord open the King of England's eyes. The day he prayed for soon would come, when the King's commission work was done, the dam bursting forth with eternal words of life. Come and drink from the fountain, flowing down from heaven's mountain,
2: pure
4: Come to the river, it is sure to deliver all you need. Streaming down through the ages, springing up from the pages, fresh and new. What it costs to get it here The trail of blood and the bitter tears God, I thank you for this river of truth Get it here, the trail of blood and the bitter tears. Let's be faithful to this river of
0: I really like that song. It was just very peaceful mm. feeling. <laughs> the song actually sounds like a river. It does. Yeah, it just flows. Well, you know, welcome back to looking up everybody and I'm so excited because we have an unexpected and surprise special guest sitting in the studio with us all of a sudden. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> yeah. Lily. Welcome.
5: Hello guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are very happy that you're here. So Lily, um, tell us, what are you doing here?
5: That's a great question. (laughs) Um, Well, down here in Newcastle, I am Bible working for the next six months alongside you guys.
0: All right. So what does Bible working mean?
5: Well, Bible working is pretty much just getting very involved into ministry. I think it's just hands-on, being involved in a local church, Uh um, getting into God's Word, Mm. finding it like just... Yeah, in your face, I think. (laughs) Studying
1: the Bible with people who want to study. Exactly.
5: Bible studies, um, local initiatives like Food Pantry at Hamilton.
0: Okay, so you're very local. And are you enjoying this?
5: I am very much enjoying it. Yes, it's been a blessing so far.
0: Is it challenging you in certain ways? It is. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Well, we're just so thrilled that you're here. And she just literally just stepped into the studio. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) what a wonderful thing that is. Well, we're actually in the middle of a Bible study with our listeners. And uh, we're studying... Uh, Revelation's great revolution. Justin's um, taking us through an incredible Bible study related to... It's part two. Last week we had a bad revolution in Revelation, and uh, we see its significance. But Justin, take us further.
1: Yeah, so before the break and before the song, we read together the New Testament church had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Peter quoted the book of Joel in chapter 2, and there in Joel chapter 2, God says... He has given you the former rain faithfully or moderately, in some translations, and He will cause the latter rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain, in the first month. Mm -hmm. So as Shavisa pointed out, um, the early rain was given at the season where they would plant the seeds so that the seeds would germinate and start to grow. And then the latter rain, because the Israelites were dependent upon the rain, they didn't have a, a aqueduct system or you know, uh, aqueducts or a, uh, you know, water plumbing system for their crops. They depended upon the rain. Mm-hmm. So, no rain, no crops, no life.
0: How about this? No rain, no grain.
1: <laughs> Very good. <laughs> no rain, no grain. That's right. And no grain, uh, no life because you can't live. So, this illustrator this would literally physically happen. They would send, God would send the latter rain to come and to germinate the wheat and the fruit And all of the crops so that they would be ready to be harvested at the time of the harvest. Mm -hmm. So God actually uses this as an illustration spiritually Mm -hmm. because the Holy Spirit is represented by different things in the Bible and one of them is water. And so the early rain is a symbol of the Holy Spirit being poured out upon the New Testament church so the church could grow from that seed and, uh, and develop and the latter rain God promises he'll give at the end of time just before Jesus returns to ripen the world uh, to be ready for his coming
0: it's beautiful you know just thinking about just a, a verse came to mind when Jesus said in John twelve twenty four, most assuredly I say to you unless it oh, actually sorry Lily you read it sure Most
5: assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But Mm. if it dies, it produces much grain.
0: And so like the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was a sign that Jesus, you know, he he had been installed as our high priest. And that was why it was poured out. This is all what actually Peter says in his sermon and the day of Pentecost. So it's really exciting. It all happens because Jesus is victorious. Mm. The Lamb wins.
1: Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. So yes, we talked. La- we talked last week uh, in Revelation chapter eleven. We studied that together. We saw the French Revolution prophesied in Bible prophecy. It was an anti-God, anti-Bible revolution, and um, you know the pendulum. The Bible tells us Jesus said that the principles of the French Revolution will be repeated on a global scale before Jesus returns. As it was in the days of Sodom, so will it be in Lot. Uh, the days of Lot who lived in Sodom, so will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So the pendulum of morality is swinging far to the left and it will get even further to the left as immorality mm-hmm. increases. Mm-hmm. But do you think the devil knows human nature? I yes, he he has, Satan yes. understands human nature. Yeah, he understands and he tries to exploit it. And so as the pendulum will start to swing back toward morality, as it does, there won't only be a genuine a revival of primitive godliness amongst God's people and in the world, but the devil will have a counterfeit Christianity. Mm. It'll have a counterfeit that will look much like the genuine. Mm -hmm. Revelation 13 tells us it will have miracles, and uh, there will be even fire that is called down from heaven. Now, fire is also a symbol of the Holy Spirit, and so this movement will have a false Holy Spirit that is working miracles and doing things. So it's not just some make-believe thing.
0: You know, I just just when you mentioned there how Satan, uh, he understands human nature and he exploits it to his benefit. Think about how many years he's had to study human nature. Mm, true. He's, he's become the Six expert. And years. And I was, when I was in high school, I, I studied, um, <laughs> it's part of English, one of the, the uh, parts of the course was crime fiction. Hmm. And uh, we did crime fiction. And I actually still remember a quote that I had to memorize for the HSC uh, essay writing that we did. And it said something like this. Our clothes change, but our, you know, our tastes change, but the things that drive human beings to commit crimes never change. And that's mm. endlessly fascinating, mm. which is that, that form, you know, people exploit that when they write, you know, crime fiction novels or whatever. But huh. the devil knows how we tick huh. and he's going to exploit it to his greatest advantage.
1: Ah, oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. And see, Satan in this, and for every genuine, Satan has a counterfeit. At least one counterfeit. Sometimes even more than one. Uh, but Satan will get this movement of counterfeit Christians to persecute God's people. Um, in fact, let's turn in our Bibles. So if you could read one of you girls, John chapter 16, verse 2. John chapter 16, verse 2, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he warns them about what's going to happen um, as... As time goes on. And this literally physically happened to his disciples. And um, it will literally physically happen to his disciples again at the end of time. John 16 verse 2. Lily, go for it.
5: Sure. These things I've... Nope, that's verse (laughs) 1. Verse 2. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service.
1: Mm, There you go. So this is not some atheistic antichrist, right? This is a religious movement, a counterfeit Christianity, that the devil has convinced people is true, and they'll even go to the lengths of killing God's people. Mm. The genuine revival of primitive godliness. Now, Revelation chapter 13 says that will happen. In verse 15, it says that there will eventually be a death decree for those who don't take the mark of the beast. In Revelation 13, there's a fascinating verse, and that is Revelation 13 verse 13. If you are superstitious and you don't like the number 13, then you know this (laughs) verse is bad news. (laughs) Revelation 13 verse 13, and um, actually, Lily, go for it. If you want to read that for us too, please.
2: Yes.
5: He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men.
1: Hmm. Alright, so this is talking about the earth beast that comes up out of the earth, and it's uh it's it causes fire to come down from God out of heaven. Now now as mentioned, this can be understood as a false Holy Spirit movement. And Revelation mm. sixteen verse fourteen tells us the spirits of demons can work miracles. But it's, could it be possible that there is a real, genuine fire that is going to come down from the sky? Well, fascinatingly enough, there was an individual, a Christian leader, um, his name is Benny Hinn, and in 2001, he had an interview on TBN's Praise the Lord program, and the then president of TBN was interviewing Benny Hinn, and uh, Benny Hinn said this, now, Benihin, before he was a Christian, said he had visions. And dreams of himself preaching in stadiums before thousands of people. And this is something that he said. And Sharice, you want to read that quote sure. for us? He said, "In
0: the last twelve months, I have been having some new dreams and visions. Some amazing dreams. I have been seeing fire. I have seen myself in stadiums where literal fire was falling from heaven. The glory of a god, the glory of God, is about to be visit, revealed visibly."
1: Mm. Wow. There you go. So. Now, keep in mind, this is a Christian leader, and we're not attacking Benny Hinn in a personal way whatsoever. But, um, when it comes to his, his ministry and saying that he's seen fire physically falling from heaven and the healings and all of this, uh, Benny Hinn actually openly, um, consults the spirits of who he believes to be dead individuals.
0: That's not what the Bible says we should do, is it? It's
1: not. In fact, God in Revelation 8, uh, sorry, Deuteronomy 18, uh, verses I think it's eight and onward, it warns against communicating with the dead and spirit Mm. mediums and astrologers and all of this. Mm. So Benny Hinn openly, regularly speaks with what he believes to be the spirit of Catherine Coleman at her grave in Southern California. And then he says he gathers power from the mausoleum of a woman named Amy McPherson Mm. at the same cemetery.
0: That's crazy. And
1: Mm. so this is a man who is openly doing what God calls an abomination. And uh, therefore... Um, yeah, and he says that he has seen physical fire falling from heaven in visions and in dreams.
0: Wow! You know, Justin, this is shocking stuff. And I actually just before the program, I was talking with Shell, mm-hmm. and Shell said that Lyle was sharing on the Breakfast Show this morning, which I missed, but he was sharing about how there's this new phenomenon going around where grave basking.
1: Mm, yes, yeah, it's the Bethel Church in uh, Northern yeah. California. People mm.
0: lie on the graves and they try and like soak up the spirit of the deceased. Yeah, or something. yeah.
1: it's a whole Christian movement called Bethel, uh, wow. the Bethel Church, and it's actually necromancy. It's, it's necromancy, scary, which is condemned that? in the Bible, mm-hmm. and all because they don't understand the truth about death. Mm-hmm. That death mm-hmm. is a sleep. Mm-hmm. The dead aren't in heaven. They're not in the graves. They're not in hell. No, the death is a sleep. Satan deceives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, most definitely. So. Yeah. Friends, we see that while the pendulum swings further toward immorality in the world, there will be a swing back. Satan will form a counterfeit religious movement while contemporaneous with it. At the same time, God will have a genuine revival of primitive godliness like never seen before. That will incite the wrath of Satan and he'll use this counterfeit Christian movement to persecute God's faithful people. And God's faithful people will proclaim his message to the world. Now, question two questions before that will set up the rest of our time together and then we're going to end with some amazing stories that you are not going to want to miss uh, i was completely blown away when i heard these and i cannot wait to share them Shervis is going to share some too and lily maybe even too uh, but uh unless... <laughs> more
0: surprises for lily
1: <laughs> we did pull her away from a project she's working on so we may not have her the whole time with us but if you're That's here so by good. then but um we're going to ask what is the message and mm-hmm. what is the method What is God's message at the end of time that will cause this revival of primitive godliness that will prepare the world and ripen the world for Jesus' return? What's the message? And secondly, what is the method? How is God going to use broken, weak, imperfect humans like us, his people, to take his message to the whole world so Jesus can return?
0: These are really good questions. They are. Uh Lily, you might have to stay around. I want to now, <laughs> and even if you don't, you can listen from your desk. <laughs> I'm on <not> a cliffhanger. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Justin. I think uh, we're going to go to a song in just a moment by Sarah Gracie. It's called "Ashes and Sand," and then we'll come back with the rest of our study segment. And just a reminder: I think we should uh, we'll give the code word out pretty soon for the free prize offer that's going to the first person or the third person who calls or texts us on our studio number, which again, just a reminder, 491 And the free offer for today is a book called The Great Controversy. Enjoy the song and we'll be back in a moment.
3: Spirit of God Fall in this place Here where the desert cries out for the rain Thirsty and dry We look to the sky Let the rain of your promise Come fall in our lives Spirit of God
0: You are listening to Sarah Gracie, Ashes and Sand, and this is Faith FM Looking Up with Justin, Sharissa, and Lily now. Yay. And, jo, and, jo. <laughs> and um, Yeah, we've, we're in, in the middle of a Bible study here, and uh, yes, carry on, Justin.
1: Yeah, so we've we've talked about uh, last week's part one, uh, about the French Revolution, as we see in Revelation 11. It was a terrible revolution, but we're looking at an amazing revolution that's going to happen before Jesus returns. The most amazing revolution in human history, and it's yet to come. So we've seen from the Bible that there is an illustration for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit called the Early and the Latter rain. And uh, that the devil at the end of time will have a counterfeit Christianity that will persecute God's faithful followers who will live according to his word. So our question we asked before the break was, what is God's message that's going to go to the world? Mm -hmm. And what is the method that he's going to use to get it to the whole world, to revive his people, to use these broken vessels like us uh, to share it with the whole world? And we're about to find it right now in Revelation chapter 18, verses 1 to 4. Revelation 18, verses 1 to 4. Um, Lily, would you like to read verse 1 and 2 for us? Actually, verse 1, please.
0: Yes.
5: After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory.
1: Yes. All right. So, Revelation 18.1, there was an angel that came down from heaven. The word angel in Greek is angelos, and it means mm-hmm. messenger. Mm-hmm. So, this is symbolic of God's people who are going to preach His message, but it actually illuminates the world or lightens the world with His glory. Question. Did Jesus ever mention anything about light?
0: He said, I'm the light of the world. Yeah, He did.
1: John chapter 8, I think verse 12. He said, I am the light of the world. So this is a Christ-centered good news gospel message. Let's remember that because we're going to read a few verses and it is a, does not sound like a good message in the beginning, but it is a good news gospel message. And um here we go. Let's uh dive into this and see, let's just maybe the first um before you actually quote him, Lily, read for us what happens next in verse 2 and just stop before what he said.
5: Mm-hmm. And he cried mightily with a loud voice saying...
1: All right, so this angel cries <laughs> mightily. Um, this message is called the loud cry. And it's because of what we just read here. As we're going to read the next words, you're going to hear some things that sound very familiar. And that's because this loud cry, end time message of God is none other than the three angels' messages of Revelation chapter 14. But they are intensified and magnified to be louder and even clearer. So here we go. Let's hear what this angel says, his declaration that uh, he makes with a loud voice. And so we don't want to leave you out. Would you no. like to read?
0: <laughs> verse 4?
1: Yes. Uh, no, verse uh, verse 2. Okay. After he cried mightily with a loud voice.
0: And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Till 4?
1: Ah, uh, That's good that's if that's verse three
0: it doesn't sound good but i'm glad well, you're yeah, that's, it. That, that is not
1: good this is actually terrible it's a bad news message babylon is fallen is fallen it's become the habitation of demons mm. and so this is a really it's a warning message and when it says that he cried with a loud voice the greek is megale phone. it's megaphone. does this sound familiar
5: Megaphone? Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got it.
1: <laughs> megaphone. That's where we get the word megaphone from. Mm. It's a loud cry. And, you know, some people say, well, why would God make such a loud warning? Why would he give such a drastic warning? God's warnings are so intense because his love is so strong. Mm-hmm. The third angel's message, he pleads with people not to take the mark of the beast because they'll be eternally lost. Mm-hmm. And God's uh, love is so strong. And that's the reason why his messages are so strong. Now, the the angel gives this message, but what does verse 4 say? Lily, please read that for us. Sure.
5: And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues.
1: All right. So here in the darkest period in human history, the Bible is saying God will shine the greatest light. And friend, always remember, the darker the night, the brighter the light. The darker the night that you may be experiencing in your life, the brighter the light of God's character, of His goodness, and of His word and His will can shine in you and through you. Mm -hmm. God wants to do amazing things in us and through us. So God is going to shine the good news of the gospel, the light of Jesus into the world, even at the darkest time, through His people who are bearing this message. Now, notice what Lily just read there. It says that... A loud voice was heard from heaven that said, Come out of her, that is, come out of Babylon, my people. Mm. Who is this that's speaking, you think? It's not the angel. It's not the angel. That's right. The angel described the the fallenness of Babylon and the terrible situation. But Jesus himself calls his people out of Babylon.
0: I've got a really good thing to add in a moment.
1: Yes. So, (laughs) please do. Um, Basically, God has his faithful people everywhere, not just in Christianity, not just in the Seventh-day Adventist church. God has his faithful people everywhere. They're called the invisible remnant. And they're people who are following God up to all of the light, up to all of the knowledge that they have. And Jesus says in John 10, verse 16, as well as two other places in the Gospels, that this invisible remnant, he says, but I will they will hear my voice as I call them, and them also I must bring, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So he's wanting to bring his invisible remnant who are in systems of religious confusion in Babylon, out of Babylon and into his visible remnant church that is teaching Bible truth.
0: Oh, that's That's a really good connection right there. You know, I was just thinking, Justin, when God says, come out of her, my people, it reminds me of the story of the Exodus, mm. when Moses went before Pharaoh and asked, You know, Mm. told him, let my people go. Yeah, true. Um, And so here is just as God has a message to Pharaoh that caused him to harden his heart. That's kind of what happens too at the end of time. But like, Mm. just the connection, Egypt and Sodom spiritually at the end of time.
1: Yeah, very true. Very true. Absolutely. You know, echoing this beautiful biblical reality in the book, The Great Controversy, which is the free giveaway today. Yes, and
0: the free giveaway code word for the prize to claim is coming up.
1: Yes. Now, here's just a sneak preview of what is in that book. And, Sharissa, uh, would you read this quote for us, please?
0: Right. Notwithstanding the spiritual darkness and alienation from God that exists in the churches which constitute Babylon, the great body of Christ's true followers, are still to be found in their communion. There are many of these who have never seen the special truths for this time. Not a few are dissatisfied with their present condition and are longing for clearer light. They look in vain for the image of Christ in the churches with which they are connected. As these bodies depart further and further from the truth and ally themselves more closely with the world, the difference between the two classes will widen and it will finally resolve in separation. The time will come when those who love God supremely can no longer remain in connection with such as are lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof.
1: Mm. Wow, so there you have it, reflecting and echoing what the Bible is saying here. That Jesus himself calls his people out of religious confusion, out of the false religions and the, the ter- churches that are teaching Babylonian doctrines uh, and teachings. And God, what does he then do? As he called them out of Babylon, like what then? Do you know, do you know what the word church is in Spanish? Anyone know?
0: Really might know. I wish I could say I did. (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: No worries. I don't
0: know if it's Spanish. I just think of it in Greek.
1: Ecclesia? Ecclesia. The the Spanish comes from the Greek, which is iglesia in Spanish. But ecclesia is the Greek word for church. So you know what ecclesia means? Ek means out of, like Exodus. Ex-Hadas means the way So exodus is a Greek word for the way out The way yeah, out of Egypt I did not
0: know that yeah. See, folks, you need to listen to looking up You always <laughs> learn something <laughs> eh? uh-huh.
1: And the word Ekklesia is Ek is out of And Kaleo is the word to call So oh. Ekklesia <laughs>
2: Light <bulb> ekk- moment <laughs> Ekklesia
1: means those who are called out
5: Okay.
1: So the church are those who are called out So God calls them out of Babylon Where does He call them into? He calls them into his remnant church.
0: So his evacuation call is really also an invitation.
1: Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And in the end of time, it's very simple. There will be two groups. All of humanity will be in one of these two groups. It is you have the seal of God or you have the mark of the beast. It is you're a part of God's harvest of grain uh, or you're a part of the gory grapes. As we're going to look at a passage in a minute with that. You're a part of Babylon or you're a part of God's faithful people, his remnant church. And friends, I don't know where you are at in your spiritual journey now, but God is calling you out of the darkness, out of confusion, into his light, into Mm -hmm. the beautiful clarity and the light of his word, out of Babylon and into his church. And then once he calls us out of Babylon and we leave, he will call Babylon out of us Mm -hmm. because our hearts might have things from Babylon that we want to hold on to, things from the world that we love. And that's called sanctification. It's the work of a lifetime where God changes us and He, he transforms us to be more like Him.
5: It's a choice though, isn't it, Justin?
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a daily surrender, yeah. you know, uh, uh, the journey of a lifetime and a daily surrender to Him. Mm-hmm. And then there are choices throughout our day. It's not like we wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I give myself to you today and we have no more challenges. Mm-hmm. But uh, we may have decisions throughout our day where we have to choose, do I do the right thing that will glorify God? Or do I do the selfish thing or the easy thing that I feel like doing that I want to do?
0: Such a good point. The Holy Spirit prompts and empowers our choices when we make them according to God's will, but He doesn't make them for us. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, we've talked about the message. It's called the loud cry, and it's a combination of the three angels' messages. Now, what is the method that God is going to use to get this message to the world? Let's look at Revelation 14. Revelation fourteen verses fourteen to fifteen, and then we'll look at verse eighteen. And uh, Lily, would you like to read that for us?
5: Definitely. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the son of man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Verse fifteen, as well. Yes, please. And another angel came out to him. No, came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice. To him who sat on the cloud, um, thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe.
1: Alright, so this is a positive harvest, it's a good thing, and the angel comes and it says he cries with a loud voice, remember that, that's a key. Alright, now verse 18, Lily if you'd read, there's another harvest that this passage talks about, and this is the bad harvest.
5: And another angel came out from the altar, who had power over fire, and he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe.
1: Mm. And then it says in verse 20 that the winepress was trampled, all these grapes were trampled outside the city, and... um, Blood rolls up. It's a it's a gory negative scene, and it's basically mm-hmm. the destruction of the wicked on earth when you know when Jesus comes. Those who harden themselves against Him. But why do we come to these two passages? Well, what happened right before this? Revelation fourteen verses six to. 13, 6 to 14.
0: They were the three angels' messages. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> They that, are flying in the midst of heaven. That's actually,
1: that is yeah. that is correct. So it's the three angels' messages that ripen the harvest of the world. This mm. is God's last message of warning that goes to the whole world. And what is it that ripens grapes physically in the agricultural world? What is it that ripens grain? Rain. It's rain. It's water. And in ancient Near East, it was Rain. So it is the latter rain that is God's method that will take his message to the entire world. Mm. The latter rain, just like the disciples put aside their squabbling and their arguing in uh, the book of Acts, and they prayed and they confessed their faults to each other, and God filled them with the Holy Spirit. Just like there were miracles in the book of Acts, God is going to pour out his Holy Spirit at the end of time in the latter rain to empower his people to take the loud cry, good news, gospel message to the entire world. So everyone has a choice to accept and go home to heaven when Jesus returns. Do
0: you think we're not far away from this revolution?
1: We are not. In fact, we are starting to see the first drops of the latter rain. We're going to share some testimonies when we come back about that because it is incredible what God is already doing, and I can't wait to see what He does in the future.
0: Me too. So stay tuned, folks. We have just the news break and a couple of other extras, and we will be back with you for the final run of this Bible study together. Enjoy.
3: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
1: Make sure you tune in to The Breakfast Show to encounter God, play the quiz, hear great music and noteworthy news. All that and much more every morning on Faith FM.
0: Welcome back everyone. We are almost at the end of today's program and it's time to give the code word for today's free prize offer for the first or the third person who calls or texts us with this word and the word is drumroll someone <laughs> The word is rain. <laughs> so if you call or text our number 0491064669 and you are the first person or the third person to contact us here in the studio, you will re- win the prize and what's the prize Justin?